0: Tomorrow, sometime. I also have a testimony. The other day, last week was it was an interesting week, and uh, there was opportunities to live in Christ all over the place. They were awesome. Amen. Y'all have had those, I'm sure. So it was an opportunistic week let's put it that way. And by the end of the week, not only was it opportunistic, but it was, there was a lot to do. And I mean, it was every night finishing at 11, 12, and, you know, starting early every morning. It was like that all week long. And uh, come the end of the week, I was mentally, I was like, I can't hardly think. It's just been a lot going on, lots of opportunities. And uh, so somebody called me up and they said, hey, you want to go fishing? And I thought, yeah, I do. <laughs> I do want to go fishing. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we've had the message on Peter. Like, let's go fishing. Amen. So we went fishing and uh, it was really a blessing and um, just got to fellowship and it was awesome. Well, on the way back, uh, it's dusk. We got lights on the boat. We're heading back and you, it's it's not completely dark yet, but it's pretty close. And so we're going along. We're moving pretty quick, trying to get back to uh, the shore where we where we put in at. And uh, these two birds come flying over the water. And I mean, if we were going straight, they came almost directly at us. And I'm I'm going. If they do not turn, they are going to hit us, you know. <laughs> and uh, But they're just coming. And right about 10 feet from the boat, they just make a left turn and turn completely parallel with us. And for about 30 seconds, they're just flying right beside the boat. And I'm just sitting there watching them. And I'm like, oh, man, just watching God's creation, just something beautiful. And it, And it's like this. Something in their mind said, go fly up next to that boat and fly beside of it. Now, what's the purpose of that? I would say it was just the grace of God so that we could see it. And for a moment, just ponder on that. It's kind of like the flower that Jim Hockaday is talking about, the flower out in the middle of the woods. What purpose is a flower in the middle of the woods if nobody's going to see it? What purpose is the beauty of it? I can tell you the purpose. When you come up on it, God just wanted to smile on your day. That's who he is. And that was that moment for me. And I was just sitting there going, Man, God, look at your grace. So beautiful. You are so awesome. You didn't have to do that, but you did. And it's awesome. So let's turn to James 4, 6. Look for those moments. You know, when we talked about reset, one of the things that you want to do is look for the moments in your life where God has shown you grace, particularly the ones that you have overlooked, that you haven't been watching. Look for the ones, the things, you know. Like how many people so far have praised God that we have AC running in here? But is that the grace of God? It sure is. is. I can tell you it would not feel, you would not be as happy, your body would not be as happy without it. How many have praised God for the padding that you're sitting on in the chair? How many have praised God for the technology that you're listening to the word that's going to change your life tonight? Yep. There's technology that's getting this word out. You know, Richard and I were just talking. and we, We're broadcasting right now on a 24-hour internet station uh, through Richard's radio station online, Ws. So here's the thing. We're... The Lord is providing, and and that's the grace of God. How much stuff is he doing? And we've just overlooked it. But if we start to recognize it, all of a sudden we'll start to see just how involved God wants to be in our lives all the time. Well, you start recognizing just how involved God wants you to be, your mindset of his love for you personally Will start to change. And when your mindset of His love starts to change, your whole life and what you have the ability to receive as well changes. And when what you have the ability to receive changes, your flow and overflow changes. And that means you affect the world in a whole nother level simply because you chose to start looking for the things of God. That's the way grace works, it's the way evangelism works. God blesses you, and you overflow onto other people. James 4, 6, we we put this up in a mathematical equation last week. Basically, God's grace in your life, He gives a greater grace than your problem. His grace is always larger than the problem. You can put whatever you want to to fill in the blank of the area of the problem, but there's a grace that's greater than your problem. Amen? James 4, 6 says, But he gives a greater grace. Therefore it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Our prideful decision versus our uh, humble decision places us in one of two areas. Either opposed to God... Are being blessed by his greater grace. The humble decision is where you want to live all the time. We're going to talk about humility, Proverbs 22, 4. The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord or the reverence of the Lord. are riches, honor, and life. Proverbs twenty nine, twenty two, and 23. An angry man stirs up strife, and a hot-tempered man abounds in transgression. A man's pride will bring him low, but a humble spirit will obtain honor. Got a bunch of notes here. We're getting to the back. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 9. In verse 7, we want the things that humility brings, but we've got to recognize the areas where we're walking in humility versus the areas that we're walking in pride. Last week's message was really talking about the reality of humility because the reality of humility changes our life more than we've been comfort- comfortable with it changing. That's what we talked about last week. And we talked about some very real circumstances that humility is going to say, you need to change this. You need to do this. And our flesh is going to say what? No, no, don't do that. Our flesh is going to fight. Oh my goodness. It's going to throw a fit temper tantrum. And it's just like a child. When you're raising up a child... The only the the rebellion that you receive out of that child is the rebellion as a parent that you allow to happen. Yep. That's good. So if you allow your flesh to be in rebellion, it will, it will take it as far as it can go. Same thing with a kid. You know, I don't know why they're throwing a fit. I do. I do, cause it's been allowed. You can't, it's the same thing. Well, your flesh is no different. And if you see it as, well, that's just me. Well, so be it. (laughs) You're right. That now is just you. Because you're accepting the rebellion of your flesh, you're accepting the pride of your flesh. It's more than just you, it's your flesh, the corrupted part of it. It's always corrupted, its father is the devil. The corrupted flesh. It's always the flesh nature is always going to fight against your spirit and the ways of God. So we have to recognize, when is that thing active? What is it doing? How do we react? What do we do? So let's look at Proverbs chapter 9 and let's go into some of this. It says, He who corrects a scoffer gets dishonor for himself. And he who reproves a wicked man gets insults for himself. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Repo- reprove a wise man and he will love you. You know, one of the first things that we did was we said this. When, when you're in pride, there's two things that happen. Can you instruct? Look at these last two stri- uh, scriptures. Can you instruct a prideful person? Nope. All right, here's the other thing. What do people do to a prideful person? Do they flock to them or do they get away from them? So you've got two areas where pride is completely pushing away. Now here's what that does. Just look at this. The prideful person, they're pushing people away and they're pushing instruction away. So let me ask you these questions. There's two things major in Christianity and I could probably add to this list, but I want to just talk about these two major things. Major points of a, a realistic Christian's life is this. We are called to mature like Christ, and we're called to win the world. Alright, if I'm pushing people away, can I win the world? Nope. If I am pushing away instruction, can I mature? So can a prideful person ever fulfill God's call on their life? Not going to happen, is it? So, in other words, a prideful person, I think this is one of the reasons why God hates it. A prideful person, they're basically never going to fulfill the potential of Jesus in their life. And it's like, oh man, how much did they miss? But see, we can sit here and we can go, yeah, those prideful people, man, they shouldn't be like that. Those prideful people, I'm telling you, that's bad business. Bad stuff, they shouldn't be like that, shame on them. Mm. (laughs) Guess what? (laughs) All of us, in some way, have a level of pride. If we will open ourselves up to God, he'll show us those areas and we'll be able to grow and we'll be able to effectively witness and communicate the gospel. Because somebody who's in humility, they will receive instruction and they will be able to allow people to approach them. Matter of fact, they get in humility. Isn't it something? Have you ever been around humble people? And uh, you walk away, and if you're married, you tell your spouse, I just like them. They were so nice. Yeah. What is it that's coming across? Humility. They were so nice. It's humility. See, this is the thing about being all in and being humble is this. Here's here's one of the things that we should look at. You know, I, this is something the Lord told me, well talking to me uh, while about me, something I need to change and look at, re-look at again because I've looked at it before but he was saying you need to take this thing to another level. Yeah. He said when you're all in and you're humble and somebody shows you that you're wrong you don't try to defend it. Yeah. Here's what pride does. <laughs> uh-huh, I don't do that. I do it another way. <laughs> you know it comes up with anything. Well what's speaking in that moment? That same Childlike flesh. Nope, not me. Talking, you must be talking about somebody else. It's not me. But what does humility do? Even if I disagree with you, I take it and I say, I need to think on that. Well, you might have just thought on it an hour beforehand, but if somebody brought it up, it's worth thinking on again. That's what humility does. And so you start seeing somebody that automatically gets defensive. mm that's not me. mm that person's already in pride. That person's not really walking in all-in because an all-in nature finds no reason to defend themselves, finds no reason to take offense on something that you pointed out might be wrong. Why? Because an all-in person does not care what it takes to do the things of God. They just want to do the things of God. And if there's a potential that I can do the things of God better, they stop taking defense or or making a defense for themselves. They stop being in pride over that issue. So what are they able to do? They're able to grow. That person that's humble, they're able to grow. That person that's humble, they're able to actually draw people to them and actually minister to people. So, as soon as you ever, all right, so how many people have I've ever been preaching on something and something came up and I said something and you're like, Pastor Brown, now I liked you up until that moment right there. (laughs) If you've ever had something where I preached and I've been in your wheelhouse, please please raise your hand. All right. Yeah. And if it was tonight, just smile and act like it was before. All right. (laughs) Say, so, yeah, you did that. it was been a while, though, like 30 <laughs> seconds. Amen. So if I've ever been in your wheelhouse, guess what? Preaching is going to do that. And that moment, you're going to decide, you know, here's... Oh, poof, 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 you know, like Jesse, like a cat. You know, when they, when they get scared and their tail goes poof, like that, they're like, poof, and they make themselves as big as they can. Now, that may be you when I preach on something that's in your wheelhouse, and they get that way. I know y'all have never experienced that. I, y'all would not do that, but it, you know, guess what's puffing itself up in that moment and trying to defend itself. The flesh and pride. And that's when you've got to recognize it. And you've got to recognize that moment. You've got to recognize what it looks like, what it feels like. Get used to it. And all of a sudden, you've got to go. You know, after the response, you've got to say, wait a minute. Settle yourself down. Settle down, flesh. That's the truth. Because inside of you, somewhere deep on the inside of you, the reason why it ruffled your feathers so much is because somewhere on the inside of you, you said, doggone it, that's right. That's God speaking through him. I just don't want to acknowledge it. Well, what's that, you know, what's that thing that would try to buck up against the truth? Pride. And so where does that instantly put you? Opposition to God. So we've, We've got to recognize that feeling. Anytime, you know, a lot of times I don't even know what I'm saying in your life. I'll say something. You know, I hear people saying, well, when you said this, and I'm like, I didn't say that. I don't remember saying that, but they heard it. In between my mouth and their ears, the Holy Spirit did something, and they heard something that was personal to them. Maybe I said it, maybe I didn't. I can't tell you how many times I've had people say, stop. Look, turn the mics off and the camera's in my house, all right? It ain't me. That's the Holy Spirit. He knows what's going on in your life. You ain't hiding nothing from him. All of a sudden, he's going to be, he knows all that stuff. And people are like, and, and sometimes he lets me know. Sometimes he'll tell me. Sometimes he'll tell other people to make sure I know. So sometimes I know, but it's not the majority. Probably. Maybe. But if I need to know, he'll tell me. A lot of times I know a lot more than what people think I know. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's going to tell me I'm your shepherd. I need to know the condition of my flock. That's my responsibility. He's going to let me know. I remember one time, this has been some years ago. Uh, I say that because it was none of y'all. All right? But I remember one time, it was some years ago. And uh, somebody, you know, in, a, in their public life was so sugary sweet. And all of a sudden, I got a phone call one day, and I looked down, and it was them. And, oh, Lord, you should have heard what was going on on that phone call when they butt-dialed me. Right? <laughs> it was interesting. I had an opportunity to forgive instantly. Right? Like I said, it was none of y'all don't get nervous now. But I could tell right away they have some work to do. <laughs> I have, I have some discipling to do. Right? I could tell. Now who do you think made that phone call to me? <laughs> That's right. He makes stuff available. He does. He finds a way. If I need to know, he finds a way. And if if nobody tells me or nobody butt dials me, he'll just wake me up in the middle of the night and tell me who it is and what they need. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And then you think, I'm just no, you know, you think I've heard about everything. That's why I'm getting it. Sometimes I know, but it might be a quarter, half the time, I'll know stuff that's going on in your life. Sometimes. But there's a whole large portion. I don't have a clue. I'm just up here preaching, and the Holy Spirit's directing words, you know. And I don't know what I'm saying that's important to you, but the Holy Spirit knows exactly what buttons to press on the inside of you. And at that moment, people are like, Pastor talking right to me. Who told him? Nobody told me. I was just preaching. It's just Bible. I'm sorry if you puffed up. Not my fault. You need to take it up with the Holy Spirit. I'm innocent. I'm just the pipeline. He's the one sending stuff down. It's just my job to say what he says. That's all. Amen. There's a telephone ring. Amen. Had to dance for the telephone. That was awesome. I like that ringtone. So... Here's the thing. Sometimes I'll get, you know, the Holy Spirit will say something. And in that moment, in that moment, you're going, man, I don't know what to do with this. In that moment, you're going, I'm not sure if I like this or not. In that moment, you know, it's like, I don't know what I want to do. Do I want to listen anymore, or do I just want to? I can't believe he said that. In that moment. I can't believe he said that about. I, I, mm, pff, pff. Yeah, Jesse does the, the cat thing. Pff, you know, pff, In that moment, you got to decide, who's talking to me? First of all, you got God talking to you. Second of all, you have the flesh. And are you going to let the flesh be the rebellious child? Are you going to put it down? Are you going to walk in the greater grace? Are you going to walk in the greater grace? Are you going to walk in opposition to God? Well, the quicker and the simpler, we stop defending ourselves. And say, you know what? I need to change that. I need to change. You know what? Everybody that's listening to this needs to change. For you to say I don't need to change is the most prideful thing you can ever say. Right. Yeah. All of us need to change. I need to. I just told you something he was telling me to change. Stop being so defensive, yeah. right? And and I would say, you know, people, you know, I hear stuff they don't like all the time. I'm not. I don't feel like I'm that defensive. But he said, stop being as much. Well, that means on some way, on some level, it's available to me to put that down. And I need to. So it was right after that, right after he said that to me. Somebody told me something, and I just shut my mouth. I mean, the Holy Spirit speaks through Nicole a lot. (laughs) And I just, I had to shut my mouth, because it wasn't Nicole talking to me. It was the Holy Spirit. She was all up in my wheelhouse. Let me let me just share this. This is a good story because in that moment, the one thing I'm talking about right there, the Lord had just told me to stop being stop don't be defensive. All in people, humble people are not defensive people. Yeah. They're not they don't take offense either. All right? So he was just sharing that with me. Well, she she brought up something. We were sitting at lunch and this particular day was one of the You know, that week last week that I told you I had opportunities, this was like the day of opportunities to walk in grace because it was really stinking on the logic side of things and everything that was going on. And my time that I had, well, I had none. I I was just, and so she brought up something that I needed to work on. And if ever there was a day that I could have said, today is not the day. Zip. All right. It was that day I could have said that. Right. But who was talking to me? The Holy Spirit. With Nicole's voice. It's the most amazing thing. And you know what? She was right. It was the wrong day. Maybe. Maybe not. And, and uh, hopefully she will remember this part of my walking in grace i didn't say anything i just nodded is that correct amen look at that (laughs) she remembered i didn't say anything yeah i didn't say anything he told me be quiet don't be defensive don't try to defend yourself just she had something to tell me and it, it was a correct thing she was absolutely right i I'd been missing it in an area, and, and she told me exactly right. The moment was an interesting moment for me, but it was, it was the right thing. See, it doesn't matter when it comes. The question is, are you going to allow your flesh to react or not? Now, I would have said that I would have been completely justified to get on to her for the moment, especially because she knew the day. I would have been justified, and she would probably agree with me that that was not the day. Matter of fact, we talked about it a little bit later on, and not, we weren't arguing about it. We were just talking about how things work and fall, and she said, I agree, that probably wasn't the day, but she said, I felt like I was supposed to tell you. Well, she probably was supposed to tell me, and why was that? It was a good day to tell me that, and for me to not be defensive when I felt like I had a right to be defensive, to even put that down like a day where I could have defended it for other reasons and put it down right there. That's humility. And it worked out well. You know, I wasn't mad at her. I wasn't angry and she wasn't mad at me. It just, just a matter of hey, sometimes the Holy Spirit's going to bring up stuff, and if he's bringing up stuff because he loves you, he's going to correct, rebuke, and exhort you. Guess what? There's a thing about rebuking and a thing about correcting that has to be in that equation. And when he's correcting and he's rebuking you, it means you're wrong. (laughs) There's a whole side of it that says you're wrong. And that's where, like, in the all-in message, we have to be like Peter. And, you know, Jesus told Peter, no, Peter, you're wrong. And he said, well, then, he said, wash all of me. If I'm wrong, then just fix it all. And that's humility. That's being all in. That's the one that's saying, yeah, yep, I need to fix it. So if you've ever seen me be defensive, I, it, look, I tell you right now, I ask you to forgive me. In front of you, I repent. I ask you to forgive me because that's something recently the Lord's corrected me on. I apologize. I repent to you if you've ever seen that. I know none of y'all have ever seen that. But, no. No, you probably have. Because if I was wrong in it, I probably was doing it more than I thought. Does that make sense? And I was wrong in it. Otherwise, he wouldn't have corrected me. Well, all of us need to be that way. That's what... And, and so here's the thing. Listen to this. Good gracious, I done switched. There we go. Proverbs 9. He who corrects a scoffer gets dishonor for himself. Now see, let's take that same situation where Nicole was correcting me. If I'd have been defensive and scoffing at her correction, and I would have gotten angry with her, And been defensive about it? Would I have honored her? No. And she corrected me because she knew I could be corrected. She knew knew I'd be humble. She was telling me the truth. She needed to. So, but had I been defensive, I would have dishonored her. So this is right here is an area where a lot of people, when you're trying to correct your family and bring them into the fold of believers, This is one of the problems that a lot of people have is because they're constantly trying to bring morality into somebody that ain't moral. They're immoral. They're not thinking about humility. They're not thinking about grace. They're thinking about what can I do for me? And then you try to correct them, and all it does is dishonor you. They just put you in a bad light in their head. It doesn't mean that you were wrong. You just missed it on what the Lord told you to say. And he who reproves a wicked man gets insults for himself. The same situation. Somebody that's not walking in humility, they're walking in pride. What are they going to do when you walk away? Can you believe that? Some, they tried to tell me this. They're going to insult you. Now, and see, now look. Is your reputation and your witness going up in the community or down? Is it because the things that you said were wrong? Or is it the person and the timing that you said it? So humility is also seeking God, like what Priscilla was saying earlier. I'm leaving the door open for the Lord to direct me. A lot of times we just want to, you know, shove truth down everybody's throats. It's not time. That's what it says. You know, the pearls before swine. Don't do that. Don't throw pearls of wisdom and truth before somebody that does not hold those things in any value. To a pig, a pearl has no value. They could care less about it. They will simply trample it in the mud. And if you get too close, you'll get mud on you. So you have to be wise. Seek the Holy Spirit. You know, it's very interesting in Jesus... Uh, you know, the day that he went in and he fashioned a whip and whipped the money changers out of the temple, right? Now that day, he fashioned a whip and he whipped them out. Here's the thing, though. He was there in the temple the whole day the day before. Why didn't he do it that day? Somewhere between that day and the next day, the Holy Spirit had communicated to him the Father's heart. And he was obedient because he only did what he saw the father do, and he only said what he heard the father say. So someday, something, see, this is the problem. People go into a situation. Do you think that he saw the problem the day before? Why didn't he do something about it right then? Father hadn't told him to do it humility and love moves at the leading of the Father. Just because you see something wrong doesn't mean you're supposed to say something about it. There's a lot of Christians that think if they see something wrong, they're supposed to correct everything. It's like, and here's what they're doing. They're operating here in pride because they think that their job is to be the Holy Spirit. It ain't. I was thinking about this. Most of the stuff I had wrong in my life that I have now corrected um, nobody ever told me to fix it you know why cause the stuff i had wrong i kept it secret nobody knew about it i didn't share it with most most pastors or anything i didn't i didn't understand a shepherd when i was correcting a lot of those things so but now here that's not the right way to go about it i should have shared with my pastor i should have opened up and because there's a power in that matter of fact i probably did it the hard way And I didn't have to because when you open up, when you humble yourself to a shepherd and you confess those things, there's a power that's released. You see that in, in the scripture that says, uh, when you uh, have sickness in your body and you confess that, you come before in humility to the elders, they'll lay hands on you and a power is released. What it's showing is the way of God that if you will confess your sins one to another and you will bring that, there's a power that's released in that. Why? Why is there a power release? Because humility is there, greater grace. That's where the power comes from. But here's, what, here's what's interesting about that. I was thinking about this in between the ride home, you know, smelling like a soccer coach and coming back here, was this. I was thinking, I didn't share my problems with anybody, which was not the right way to do it. But here is an interesting point in that. Yet still, the Holy Spirit, if I was willing to listen and hand my life over to Him, He corrected all that stuff. And we're talking about Tons of stuff. Tons of things that he asked me to change. In other words, the Holy Spirit does a great job of cleaning up the catch. We're the fishermen. He's the cleaner. We've got to stop trying to be the Holy Spirit in somebody's life. We've got to stop trying to be the kind of person that will go in, oh, you got this, 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 and this, and you better get it straight. Right? Pointing our finger in their life. If they're not coming in humility and asking for that, you really don't need to be speaking. For me to go into somebody's life and just start pointing out things that they need to change, even as a pastor, even if they come here, I rarely do that. The only time I do that is if the Holy Spirit tells me specifically to go. And so if I'm ever doing that to you, you can be assured, the Holy Spirit has told me to tell you that. Or at least I believe that He has. The proper order, because he wants to get grace into your life, the proper order is for you as a flock to say to God, I need help with this. And so now I'm going to humble myself to the order of God, humble myself to the leadership where God has placed me. Let me bring this problem to my leadership. I humble myself, I confess those, a power is released, grace a greater grace is released. So, I wrote something last week. Um, see if I can find it real quick. Because I want... It was interesting. I, I've never thought about it this way at all. But this, the Holy Spirit just brought this to me. See if I can get to it. So I said, Christians, a large portion of our conversation should be, Pastor, here is what I'm working on in me to improve. How can I do it best? see, here's what we've done as a society. We've said, when he preaches on something or when he brings it to me, then I'll confess it. Because then we've been caught. Well, the problem with that is you're sorry for what you're doing, but it's not a godly sorrow. A godly sorrow says, let me go ahead and work on this thing. As, let me put it in another light. As Christians... We should be working to change and improve and taking the talents of God and multiplying them so that the kingdom can be advanced. We should make changing and growing such a priority that the Holy Spirit has already brought this stuff up to us. We're in the process of it. Now we simply take that to leadership and say, help me do this the best. This is what he's got me working on right now. Do you know how many times I've had people in seven years, you know, six and a half years, seven years, you know how many times I've had people come and say, I'm working on this, will you help me? I can probably count them on one hand. And yet, so what does that tell us about our society today? We're not looking to change. We're not looking to grow. And if we are, we're not looking to do it in God's ways. But if somebody would bring that type of humility into not not to me, not to the church, but into the order of God, do you know what that would do to our lives? Poof, I mean just explode them in the kingdom. But what does that take? It takes humility. Yeah. It, take, it takes a humility that our society really doesn't want to be that familiar with. But as Christians, we've got to say, I want to be more familiar with humility than I am with pride. So carrying on in verse 9, uh, Proverbs 9, 9 says, Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man, and he will increase his learning. You know, what this is saying to me over and over and over again is, the heart that you receive things really determines how you're growing and the speed at which you grow. This is, in other words, if we really want, how many people want to do a good job for Jesus? All right, then if we really believe that, faith without works is dead, so have we really been doing it? That, see, that's, oh, Brian, you know, stop, right? Uh, are we really doing it? No, we really haven't been doing it. So do we really believe it? We know it mentally. We're there, mental assent. We know that we should, and we agree. Amen, brother, hallelujah. Yes, we should be so humble. But our actions are different than what we say we believe. But if we really believe it, then we would be doing it. So if we want to do the best that we can for Jesus, here's the thing. Then we need to be increasing in his things. That means that when somebody brings something to our lives, we're not fighting it off and defending it and doing everything. Spe- if, if that person loves God. Now, if that person's not godly, they're trying to tell you what to do and all that. That's a whole other situation. I'm talking about when a wise man brings you something. When a godly man brings you something. When the Word points out something in your life. When the Holy Spirit brings it up. Right? Sometimes it's when your kids say something to you. You know the Holy Spirit can speak through your kids. I've seen a lot of people over the years, and they'll go, well, I'm, they're just a kid. Well, they're probably closer to the heart of God than you are, I'm just saying. And we need to listen. We need to listen. We need, in other words, a wise man and a wise woman keeps their heart open to hear the voice of the Lord. Give instruction to a wise man, he will still be wiser. Teach a righteous man, he will increase his learning. If you really want to do a good job for God, then be wise, be humble. Increase in wisdom, increase in learning by being humble. The fear of the Lord or the reverence, the great reverence of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by me, your days will be multiplied, God's saying, and years of life will be added to you. This is what humility brings to you. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. In other words, if you're wise to receive instruction and not puff up at it and and scoff at it and buck up to it, if you're wise, who's it helping? It's helping you. So a lot of times people, you know, I'll tell somebody something, they're like, "Uh uh-uh, not me. And I'm thinking, my gracious, I'm trying to help you. Help me help you. I'm trying to help you. But I can't because they're pushing away because of pride everything that is wisdom and godly. And if you scoff, you alone will bear it. Now, think about this. If I put myself in pride, I'm going to be bearing something that I don't want. And it says, I'll do it alone. That means God ain't there with you. This is not a place we want to be. We want to be in a place where grace is greater. Amen? We want to be in a place where God is bearing us up. Where he's lifting us higher than the mess. Getting our head above the, the water. It says, the, uh, verse 13, The woman of folly is boisterous. She is naive and knows nothing. And And what it's talking about here is an attitude of of. Folly and boisterous. In other words, they're just loud. They just say anything, anything. They don't care who hears them. They just speak their mind. Well, let's take it away just from a woman because I've seen men do the same thing. What it's talking about here is not necessarily a woman or a man. It's talking about the heart that says, I just do whatever I want to. That's pride. And it says that person, they're naive. They know nothing. But you know why they're talking so loud? Because they think they know something. And pride has led them to the place where they don't know anything. Now, <laughs> don't y'all be thinking about somebody right now that you're uh, oh, desperate. I'm going to call them tonight and tell them to get this message. Amen. <laughs> if you're humble, you're taking this for yourself. Amen. <laughs> You can't counsel the prideful. They are just irritating and unfruitful until pride reverses. The humble can grow and become more fruitful, and they aren't burying potential. We said in the very first one, pride buries potential and humility multiplies it. These couple more scriptures. This one, oh my goodness, every time I read this, it is smacking me in the face. In a good way. (laughs) Ecclesiastes 4.13 A poor, yet wise lad is better than an old and foolish king who no longer knows how to receive instruction. Good night. I can take a boy that has nothing And the Lord says he's better than a mature in age king that doesn't know how to take instruction. Whoo, that thing's been sitting on me for weeks. I've been waiting to get to this verse because it's just, is it hitting y'all the same way it hit me at least a little bit? And uh, You know, God's saying humility is a huge thing. A huge thing. I have seen kids better off than their parents because their parents could not receive instruction and the kid is just eating it up as a child with faith that just eats up the things of God. And the kid is just growing like crazy and their parents are stagnant. a, A poor yet wise lad is better than an old and foolish king who no longer knows how to receive instruction. What does this tell us? This tells us no matter how wealthy you get, no matter how successful you are, no matter how old you get, never stop being humble. Never stop learning. Never stop growing. Never stop receiving instruction. Put on humility all the day's Of your life. Uh, There's a gentleman that comes here sometimes on Wednesday nights. You may know him, uh, Pastor Nathan Fox. And uh, he is, um, I think he's 87 years old right now. All right. So he's been, uh, check this out. He's been ordained, ordained for 65 years to minister the gospel. When I first met him, when I first met him, Here he is, this was about four or five years ago. Now, and I, I know, I've been, my dad taught me well how to listen to people that are older than me. And now, as a, as a minister and being in with the Lord for some time, I also know how to draw on the anointing that's in somebody, spiritually speaking. I know how to draw on that and pull on that, all right? And so, we were going to go meet for lunch, he and I. And uh, I was driving up to that place. I had a plan, man. I was was like, I am going to soak this guy for every ounce of wisdom and anointing he's got. I'm going to ask him question after question after question. It's going to be awesome because he's been in ministry for 65 years. I need to hear some of the stuff he knows. I need to hear that. I need for him to speak into my life. And so I got there, and we were eating, and, you know, it was kind of like easy going while we're eating, right? And so, and uh, he started asking me some questions while we were eating, and he was getting to know me and everything. We got about halfway through that meeting, and he had asked me question after question after question. And about halfway through, I went, doggone, he's pulling on me. I could feel it. It was coming out. My anointing, he was pulling on me. He was sucking it up. 85 years old, still hungry for the things of God. Like a sponge, like a dry sponge, sponge, soaking it up. And I'm thinking, this rascal, he has stolen what I was going to take from him in a good way. And I went, well, he did teach me something, Be quicker than him next time. That's what I learned. Be be faster. But he'll come in here on Wednesday night and just sit and eat up the word, eat up the preaching after being ordained for 65 years. Now, see, a lot of people would say 65 years old. He needs to speak every time he's in some place. But I can tell you when he's come in here, the Holy Spirit said, no, feed him. Why? Because that's important, too. And he was wanting it. A few, about a year ago, he called me, he said, I want to talk to you about a verse. I said, okay. And uh, he said, I want to, I need your uh, anointing on this verse. I need to see it in the right way. Like, Nathan, like, I'm 41, right? Dude, you're 87. You're like double my age and you've been preaching for longer. I've been alive plus 20 years. But he knows how to draw. He, he can receive instruction. You know how much grace he walks in? Yeah. Huh. He's awesome. 87, still going strong. He goes to every preaching that there is around. I mean, he's, if, what you been doing? Well, I went over here. Doesn't he, Todd? Todd hangs out with him a lot. Tell him I'm talking about him. Say it was bad, too. He was, Say it was a rascal. He was a rascal. He was, and he got me. It was beautiful, is what it was. I love love. You know what I love most about him? Besides his eyebrows, they go like this. That's why I told him in that meeting, I said, I like your eyebrows. And he said, he said my eyebrows, I said, yeah, they go like this. They're expressive. They? <laughs> I like them. I told him, I said, what I love about him is his hunger for the things of God. He's so hungry for the things of God. Man, I just want to be half that hungry when I'm 87 for the things of God. He's just eating it up. Last verse here says, Proverbs 15, verse 31. It says, He whose ear listens to the life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. He who neglects discipline despises himself. He who neglects discipline despises himself. But he who listens to reproof acquires understanding. In other words, if you want to love on yourself and do the best thing for yourself, you're actually helping you when you get in humility. And you're hurting you when you get into pride and you don't listen and you scoff and you defend. Verse 33, The fear of the Lord is the instruction for wisdom. The reverence of God is the instruction for wisdom. See, most people would say, Yes, I fear the Lord. I I have reverence for God. But then you try to correct them, and they'll go, who are you talking to? I've been a Christian longer than you have. It's easy to do because the flesh is always going that direction and we have been trained as a society to listen more to the flesh than we have to the things of God. You'll get puffed up. And yet you'll say, man, I reverence God. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because that verse right there tells me you don't. The reverence of the Lord is the instruction for wisdom. It's listening to instruction. Taking heed to it. Beholding it. But he who listens to reproof acquires understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction for wisdom. And before honor comes humility. God wants to honor you, every single one of you, whether you know him or not. He wants to honor you. But before that honor comes humility that says, Lord, I just might have this thing wrong. Matter of fact, I think I do. Matter of fact, I know I do. Let me just humble myself. I know I'm wrong in some areas. I can tell you that personally about me right now. I know I'm wrong in some areas. I don't know what they are. That's why I need humility. So that they can be opened up to me. I know I'm wrong in areas. Absolutely. Why? I don't know everything there is to know about God. But God wants to honor me. God wants to honor you. But we got to put humility first. And drop the pride. And the grace of God will open up in your life. And the honor of God will open up in your life. In those moments, here's, here's one of the things that I think holds people up. You know, Roger, will you come here for a second? Just stand there. You sheep again. Nah. So here's the thing. A lot of times when somebody comes and they are a spiritual authority in your life and, and maybe you've opened up for instruction or something and, they, and you tell them something and they get defensive or they're in that moment where the holy spirit's reading their mail and they're you know puffing up. Here's the thing. In that moment a lot of times here's what's going on in their head. They want to receive the instruction, but they think that I will look at them lower. People don't want to go to God even with their problems, as good and loving as He is, because they think that God will look at them on a lower level and that He will recognize their weakness and not give them the grace. Uh, duh, He already knows, and He loved you anyway. Yep. Praise God. Yep. If a if a pastor or a minister is moving in the love of God, they're not going to look at you lower. They're just going to praise God with you that you received wisdom and instruction. Because what that means, if they're really in love, here's what that means. Grace just hit your life. And if they're in love, they are so happy for that. It doesn't have anything to do with the fact that you messed up. I knew you messed up before you ever walked in the door. Before I met any of y'all. I knew you had done messed up. Before I met any of you. I'd already messed up. And so they'll let that perception and the, and the fear of a bad reputation keep them from being humble. Keep them away from the wisdom of God. Keep them away from the honor of God. Don't be that way. I could care less. You could tell me something horrible about you tomorrow. I hope you don't. But you could. You know what I'm going to do? Love on you. I'm going to keep on and keep on and keep on. And I don't care what you do. Some of our leadership knows some people that's done some really wrong things to me and Nicole. And to this day, if they walk in the door, I'm going to hug them. I'm going to love on them. I'm going to honor them. I'm going to help them. And that's what we all should do with Everybody. Because that's what love is. Love is not looking at the problems. Love is looking at how can I help you? How can I help bear the burden in your life? That's what love does. And love doesn't bear the burden by talking down to you and and telling you how bad you are. Love helps bearing the burden when it says, Hey, I knew you were messed up to begin with. It's all right. It's no big deal. I don't care about that. I want to love on you. Because love is unconditional giving. I'm not giving, let's say Roger did mess up. I'm not giving to Roger because, or, or not, because he did something right. I'm giving to him unconditionally. Because that's love. So don't let that bad reputation or fear of that hold you back from that humility. A lot of times, that's why people will get defensive. They don't want you to think lesser of them. And it's really just fear of a bad reputation. It's all right. Guess what? Every one of us got problems, including me. I just told you one tonight that the Lord corrected me on. Thank you. So don't worry about that. Don't worry about that at all. Who cares? Most of the stuff is so little anyway. The devil's trying to make it bigger in your mind, so it'll make a it bigger. In other words, it's generally most of the stuff people bring to me. I'm like, is that all? Really? Is that it? They're like, no, nah, pastor, you don't know. This thing's huge. I'm like, you'd be surprised what I think's huge, because I heard some stuff <laughs> over time. Most of the stuff that people think is big and then it's the stuff that's completely holding them back from the honor and the grace of God. It means nothing. And let me just put it this way. The Lord's done seen it. Right. He's already seen it. And He still said, you're worthy of Jesus in my heart. Amen. Ooh, what a What a Lord we have. Yeah. And if I'm doing right, I'm just going to Mimic Him. That's my job. That's our job as Christians. Not just mine, yours too. Lord, tonight we just, we want to be humble. We want to step away from the pride. Lord, we need Your greater grace. Not just to meet our needs, but we need it for the people around us. We need it even more than anything, because it pleases you. That is what pleases you. Lord, let us please you by stepping into humility. Let us please you by putting pride down. Let us please you by using the system that you put into our lives, by using your order let us please you by receiving instruction, not defending it. Let us please you by working on ourselves and multiplying our talents instead of bearing them in pride. Lord, we want to be God-pleasers. We won't at the end of this thing, well done, good and faithful servant. Let us humble ourselves, throw away what we think we know, And hear straight from your heart, through humility, what you're saying. Thank you, Father. Lord, I I just believe the Lord's ministering to some people right now. And I just don't think that we're supposed to just jump right up and walk out. Just let Him minister. Just put on a little bit of music lightly for just a second. If you want to sit right there, that's fine. If you want to come up here, that's that's fine. Just right now, it's between you and Jesus. And just, just right now. Lord, we just receive your humility in every way, in everything. Thank you, Father. For your humility and your grace. Lord, we hand over pride. We hand over our stuff. (coughs) Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your anointing and your grace. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Father. Lord, unravel the pride in our heart. Unravel the pride in our heart. Hold on. say
1: something? say something?
0: Yeah, just one second. Just one second. Lord, in the name of Jesus, your word says, whatever is bound on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. Right now, we just bind in the name of Jesus, the spirit of pride. And in Jesus' name, let its grip be loosed from the minds and the hearts of anyone hearing this message. May the power of God work right now in their lives. Right now. Thank you. Freedom be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. If you feel like the Lord's working right now in your heart and loosening you and, and, and freeing you in any area of your life, anything, small, big, I don't care. If you feel like he's moving in you, would you just raise your hand for just a moment? Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your ministry, Lord. This is a ministry I cannot do by myself. But you, working along with the Word, produce power and glory in the lives. You produce an honor in your people. You break down the bondages that have held them back and release them to the fullness of Christ. Thank you for your ministry and your freedom in Jesus name in Jesus name. You want to say something?
1: Um, I met <coughs> I met Brian at the nutrition site um, three four times and I was coming here <coughs> with my husband um, for him to set up the internet radio station and Brian him my talk. I came with him and just last week I asked him, I said, Brian, I got a question to ask you. I said, do you really believe in what you preach? <laughs> and he said, yes, I do. I said, I've been, I've been to so many, so many, many churches. My husband can tell you, I was <coughs> Baptist, Methodist, you <laughs> named it, when I was a little girl. <coughs> my mom didn't have a car, or my stepdad raised me. And I, I had to depend on neighbors, so wherever they church they went to, I just wanted to go to church, and they would talk me into going the church. Well, most of them was fine, but some of them, I just didn't feel like I belonged. I just, I didn't feel the spirit. I just feel like I was was just going there to go to church. But I didn't feel part of of their friendship there. (coughs) When I met Brian, (coughs) I felt the love. That he had in his heart and I know he said you really are blessed to have a wonderful pastor like Brian I hope you all think about that and realize that you're blessed to have a wonderful pastor like Brian I heard his wife also was a pastor um, I don't get to talk to her very often <clears throat> But they are doing a wonderful job. They got the Lord in their hearts. And I just feel so um, happy in my heart that I got to meet Brian and his family. They're awesome. <laughs> they're, they're, they're just awesome people. And I hope you all realize you're very, very blessed. The Lord wanted me just to tell you that. Uh, I'm just so happy that I got to meet Brian at the nutrition site. And um, he's this awesome person. I uh, Thank you for your time. Thank you.
0: <laughs> thank you, Miss Linda. Come here. <laughs> and let me give you a hug. <laughs> I kind of feel like I need to give you some money. Well... <coughs> I didn't know that's what you were going to say, but that's awesome. You know what? Lord says this. He says, every good and perfect gift comes from above. So if I or anybody else does something good, it didn't originate with them or me. It originated with him. And so if anybody deserves glory for anything I did good, it isn't me, but it's God. And that's the truth. Because even the ability to choose what's right was his gift. And the strength to do what's right was his gift. So let's just give God the glory. Amen? Amen. Father, we just praise you. You are so good to us in every way. We praise you for who you are. Lord, thank you for the ability to move in humility. That's a gift from you in itself. You gave us the way to move into even greater grace and live it out and have it in our lives. Thank you for it. We praise you and we worship you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Have a great night.